Hello, and welcome back to the Bike Walk Wichita podcast. I'm your host and the executive director, Kim Newfeld, with co-hosts Jack and Amy. Hello. Hey, guys. We are excited to be back in the recording studio at the Advanced Learning Library uh, because we have so much to share. Uh, the local bike ped movement uh, shows no sign of slowing down for winter, uh, which always excites me. Uh, today, we'll be bringing you live updates uh, from our Operation Firefly. Very cool. Yeah. An awesome story of uh, collaboration to get more crosswalks painted around schools. And we are joined by our guest, Zach Hall, who many of you might know from the local gravel scene. Hello. Welcome. Hi, Zach. Hi. Thanks Welcome. for having me on. Uh, so kick back, clip in, or step out and join us uh, for this segment. Okay, well, we're going to just kind of jump in and talk a little bit about a, a topic that keeps kind of coming up. If you haven't heard over the last year, year and a half, there's been a lot of talk about Douglas Avenue, redesigning it and that sort of thing. Ooh, hey. uh, I've been riding Douglas Avenue since about 2004, and I, my personal experience is not seeing a congestion problem, but a problem of... Uh, clear way for people to interact with cars, bicycles, and pedestrians, and now the scooters too. And mm -hmm. so you, if you, uh, on a bike, and you own a lane on Douglas, the cars kind of don't know what to do with you. They and just then, move around, I mean. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. it, it it's just more about creating a way that we can more predictably interact with different types of multimodal traffic. Especially, yeah. and, and the research is showing that if we want to get new people riding, right. um, especially families and people of all ages and abilities, uh, we need protected uh, yeah. bike lanes, not just the sharrows. I mean, all of us in this room are pretty comfortable taking a lane and we'll right. ride about anywhere. Um, so I've but, written it, you've said since 2005 or whatever, yeah. Yeah, since the late 80s, I've written it. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's a beautiful road. It's a perfect corridor for getting across town. Um, yeah, first and second are nice. And when they put in the bike lanes, that was nice. But even still, there are times I'll take Douglas because it's where I'm headed. Mm -hmm. And so we just need to make sure that this iconic avenue, we call it, it's a really important corridor that it's available for everybody. And it's not set aside just for cars or for buses or right. whatever. Um, we need to have the lanes, and the nice thing is, is people have said the scooters need to get off the sidewalks, and we agree yes. completely. Thank you, thank Absolutely. you for making our point for us. We'll take a bike lane, and that'll yeah. be fine, or a yeah. multi-use lane. Let's call it that. And I think one of the most important things is we are maintaining the parking. So that's like the biggest misconception. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're hearing, oh, you know, you're going to be getting rid of all the parking. No, actually, they're maintaining it. It will be used to protect the bike lane and scooter lanes. And that's the important part because this really is, I'm, I'm, I'm okay riding anywhere in town, mm -hmm. Zach. I know we were talking a little earlier, you ride anywhere, and right. you know. Uh, but we're not typical riders in Wichita, uh, who, especially who we're trying to encourage. Right. You're not riding with your family. You, we exactly. Don't have, we don't I have do money. ride with my grandkids, and no, they will not go with me on Douglas. Right. <laughs> yeah. But if we had a protected bike lane, you might take your grandkids on Because Douglas. the cars would be separated from the lane. Exactly. I think it would be awesome. And yeah. everywhere it's been tried. I don't know of any reports of cities that have reverted back after they've done these downtown. And so I'm just looking forward to us. Have yeah. you ridden any of the protected bike lanes where the... Bike lane is to the inside, and there's parking along the roadway. Uh, yes, I have. And oh, cool. I, what I found is that, uh, like you're saying, it's you are protected from the traffic on the outside, so you you do have some a little more comfort and a little more peace of mind knowing that you can take people 
who mm-hmm. right. don't have to necessarily be a racer or someone who can ride yeah. 20 or 25 miles an hour and, and feel comfortable riding the track. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good, good where ride. was that at? Uh, there was some of that in Dallas yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I've seen. Uh, and also uh, in New York City. Yeah. Uh, cool. That's probably been the best example of of actually being able to actually be separated from the traffic is, mm-hmm. is riding in New York, riding in, in Queens. Yeah. And this being able to do what I need to do without worry about cars flying through and, and right. or getting doored or something like that. And that's yeah. a great story of New York. No, we're Wichita. We don't want to try to be New York, but I remember when New York mm-hmm. there would be ridiculous. I mean, that's where the uh, the messengers, what's the, yeah, the bike cat races yeah. went because yeah. nobody could ride their bike. And now New York is one of the best cycle yeah. communities, uh, multi-access communities. So with so with Douglas Avenue, you know, yeah. just please stay tuned to Bike Walk Wichita for updates. Get on our mailing list. We have an advocacy alert mm-hmm. uh, section. Uh, you can also contact your city council person and just kind of stay up to date with us on the changes that are coming because it's there's a lot happening. And yeah, it's our, it's our turn. It's time to do Douglas. It is absolutely, and our businesses need it. So yeah. if we want to keep all those local businesses thriving, uh, they need more foot traffic, and yeah. we're only going to increase that a few ways. And right. this is the best option. So. Yes, stay tuned. Uh, We will actually be doing a special episode just on Douglas Avenue advocacy. So uh, we will be dropping that shortly so that you have all the full details and how you can engage. Of course, as Amy mentioned, you can always go to bikewalkwichita.org slash advocate. And there's all the ways that you can engage in advocacy now. Um, it never hurts to, sell, to tell our city council members and uh, county commissioners, mm-hmm. other decision makers, um, what you need uh, to live your fullest life here in Wichita. So. Yep. And we'll have the uh, updated email addresses as needed here on our website, too, for our city council people. Absolutely. So... Um, speaking of community, we were able to partner with the Wichita Police Department, uh, their bike team uh, that serves South Broadway, uh, actually contacted us and wanted to um, partner on an event. So we held Operation Firefly uh, on, Great it was, name. yeah, early November. I stole the name from San Francisco. Uh, early November, we stood out on South Broadway uh, on a Saturday night at 7 p.m., and we were inundated uh, with people riding by who didn't have lights. Um, I thought maybe we would have 15, 20 people. Uh, we installed 54 sets of front and tail lights on riders who did not have any lights or maybe had really poor uh, lights so we increased the visibility a ton Uh, the police had a fun time they got to learn how to install bike lights so alan taught them and uh did they lose any of the little nuts on the rear lights actually alan warned them immensely about do not there's one little screw do not and then he dropped it on the first uh bike and thank goodness we had a box of flashlights there uh, so he could find it oh good because they're also brown hard to find but that's that's wonderful that's a great opportunity to um provide outreach to the community Mm -hmm. and provide a really needed resource out there yes and we had all ages um we had some families that came and everyone had their bikes um none with lights on them 
And so we were able to, to hook them up and yeah. and teach them how to yeah. utilize the lights and why right. they're important, um, and even using your lights during the daytime uh, to be more visible. And we were able to have some. Oh, sorry, we were able to have some volunteers there too, and that was nice oh, that this was a, yeah. a good opportunity for people to help out. And we actually we had we we had we were almost overwhelmed with volunteers. Our people, I think, had a great time too and wanted to come out and see. What's going on? And I will tell you, South Broadway is an adventure on Saturday yeah. night. Yes, it is. Uh, I was I was interested yeah. to see how that would work. Um, it was great. People were really thankful and really excited. And I think we definitely uh, the PD picked the location and the time. And I think they know the community right. well. Yeah, and uh, WPD also had um, a new contribution too they with their biking stuff they've got their e-bike fleet they do so uh, many of you may have seen on Facebook but bicycle exchange just hooked up WPD's bike team uh, with e-bikes and so they have a fleet now of e-bikes that go up to 28 miles per hour I noticed they yeah. got the 28 right uh, and and during <laughs> our uh, August uh, wheels to reel event I had had the opportunity to talk with a couple of the bike patrol PD officers and they at that time they only had one e-bike on their fleet and they said that uh, that the person they were patrolling downtown and uh, that person on the e-bike was actually able to, they pulled over a car with the <laughs> e-bike and that just cracked me yeah. up so much to, to be a car and you get pulled over by an e-bike. Yeah. So it just, it, um, I, these things are gonna be so much more useful for them and Those the police, yeah, mm -hmm. the police have to carry so much gear with them and to be able to have that immediate access to speed that the e-bikes provide mm -hmm. and just be able to go and they're so quiet and uh, nimble, uh, even with all of their gear. I was going to say, they have to carry so much more gear yeah. uh, than what we do. And in fact, I think some of them are now going to carry a, a few sets of our lights on them. Yeah. And so that way, if they see people out there in need right. of a light, they can just yeah. install it right away. And so, so these bikes were given by exchange. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the deal was, but it was. It looked like a Excellent great partnership. Um, so nice job by bicycle exchange. Yes, thank you, bike man. Um, and also, many may not know that Mike has actually been putting the police officers behind bars uh, for the last three decades. <laughs> uh, he told me, so I, I just had to use that good, quote as well. Right. So yeah. I was like, that's that was uh, straight oh, from Mike. Good. Uh, if you haven't visited Bicycle Exchange, they're located in Delano, uh, down right there on Douglas, and they are the largest Trek dealer in the Midwest. Um, they have a huge selection of styles, uh, so definitely get in there for a test ride. They have lots of helmets, gears, and accessories as well. And I noticed they also have several indoor cycling trainers uh, set up that you can actually test out. Oh, so yeah. here in December, we're going to be doing uh, an indoor cycling 101 kind of talk uh, for those that are interested in kind of the benefits. I think Van Tubbs is going to be leading that talk Excellent. here. Uh, so if you want to go test out some indoor trainers, uh, head over to your local bike shop because they all carry different ones and they have um, a, quite a variety. So. Excellent. And so, Kim, do you want to give us a little update on the summer crosswalk stuff? Absolutely. Uh, so, if you haven't noticed, uh, the majority of Wichita's crosswalks are in major need of right. repainting. They're all faded. Um, many of them are, are missing. And this especially includes the areas around our schools, which mm -hmm. seems ridiculous, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have a lot of schools, but it's 
pretty easy to identify and and know that those are areas. Um, actually, when I ride my bike, when I'm bike commuting, I try to avoid schools at all costs because yeah. the traffic yeah, is insane it, it is around insane. schools. And um, I know I pass several schools on my commute, but I try to bike at non-high traffic time. So right. it's like I'm leaving for work way before school is in session, and I stay at work even after school is out so that I'm not hitting afternoon traffic. Right. Because I'm passing like three schools on my route. And so this has been um, an issue that Bike Walk Wichita has been trying to address through a variety of ways. And uh, Jane Burns has been working on this Mm -hmm. um, immensely. And we were able to partner with KU School of Medicine here in Wichita. And um, so shout out to Dr. Elizabeth Abla and Mason for getting this project up and off the ground. They convinced uh, the City of Wichita's Public Works Department to actually collaborate with us and let us provide volunteers uh, for this project. I know they were pretty hesitant, um, not quite sure whether we could paint inside the lines uh, (laughs) and sprinkle the glitter on the crosswalks, but I think we totally won them over. By the end of this last summer, uh, so we did this over this past summer as a pilot project uh, to see yeah. if this would work. And, and I know all the volunteers that were involved absolutely loved it. Oh my gosh, check out our... Volunteers. Yeah. 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 When you get a volunteer coming back to do the same job another time, you know you've hit that, that yes. sweet spot. Especially with the barriers um, that we had in this pilot project. So we were able to meet after... Uh, this summer and really work out some ways that we can engage more of those parents from that school and the neighborhood mm-hmm. um, in these volunteer opportunities because that's, that's also going to teach those parents um, you know to be more aware and to maybe pay attention to traffic uh, beyond just painting the crosswalks um, so we were able to complete crosswalks around eight schools uh, which I was I was really thrilled with. I thought that was a good amount. Um, public works, and then we're kind of disappointed. We had a lot of rain yeah. um, and was, a lot of cancellations. It was a wet summer. Yeah, so they were yeah. anticipating we'd be able to get through a lot more, and they assure us uh, this next summer we are off to a good start. So um, definitely stay tuned if you want to jump in and help uh, repaint those crosswalks. It's it's really a blast, and it's it's a couple hours on a Friday morning. Um, you show up, they do some training, uh, give you the paint and the, the rollers, and then someone gets to be the glitter person that sprinkles the reflective glitter all over it. So wow. um, that's, the, that's the best job if you get to <laughs> show up. Volunteer jobs that you can really see the impact of your work. You can. Literally. And literally. the schools, <laughs> USC 259 is very thankful. And yes. so neat. they're actually prioritizing the schools. So Jack, actually, uh, we need to get a list of schools. I told them since you ride yes. your bike to all the different schools each day that you right. probably know quite a few uh, that should be on that priority list. Yeah, yeah. I know one of the schools that I routinely said with Jefferson was one, I think, that got, got their crosswalks. And that's just nice to see the, the schools around town getting the, you know, a small thing, but it's a really important thing for the kids. Yes, and it's something that 259 has been struggling with constantly, um, is how to, you know, they did away with some of the busing routes. Um, they were explaining this to me when we met with them, that, you know, they, they tried to reduce the busing routes and have children and families that live within two and a half miles of schools. They were hoping get them to walk and bike more. What they did is they flip-flopped the bus problem for, for more car, car traffic. Car, yeah. And now they are inundated because these schools were not right. planned out uh, to yeah. have 300 vehicles trying to get in the yeah. little parking mm-hmm. lot and stuff. So um, they are interested in piloting some some 
projects with us to try to increase um, students who can bike and walk. So I'm looking forward to that project and check out our YouTube channel um, and or our, our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, there's pictures from the crosswalk painting and uh, some videos. They had a really good time. Yeah. So, Thanks, Kim. Yes, it was a great collaboration, uh, I think, between the university, uh, a grassroots organization like us, and then the uh -huh. city yeah. public works. Right. So, And they, with the public works staff said that they were definitely able to paint more crosswalks than they would have been able to without the volunteers. That's what we wanted to know. Yeah, uh, we, right. you know, it sounded like a good project, but we didn't know is this going to take the same amount of time, you know, an effort, or will this amplify the impact? And it, right. it did. And I think we'll be able to ramp this up as well. Absolutely. And so that, that should be a, this will be an interesting project this summer. I'm looking yes. forward to it. Absolutely. Oh, uh, so we've got uh, Zach Hall here with us now. And Zach, are you going to come paint crosswalks this summer? <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. That's that's kind of why we're wanting to make yeah. sure you were here, though. Right. No, you're, we're... you're in our volunteer list now, Zach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll get our emails for these volunteer opportunities and things. Well, we're glad to be able to talk with you, Zach, because um, we're trying during these podcasts to bring local people from the community that are um, active in biking and walking, active living, um, and to be able to share their stories about why biking in your case, and maybe walking as well since we're bike walk, uh, why that's an important part of your life. And then also just kind of to hear what all, what, what do you think of biking in Wichita, what kind of biking do you do, all those sorts of things. So first off, as Kim said, the most important thing is what bike do you ride? But then I know that that's, she said bike, but it's a plural. Which, which of your bikes is your favorite to ride? What do you got? So I have three bikes. Uh, I have a Cannondale 105. Uh, or Cannondale Cat 12 105 road bike. Yep. I've got a Frankenstein gravel adventure bike that I've built up uh, about, about five years ago that I've kind of pieced together nice. as it as I have issues. Something breaks, I'll yeah. throw something on <laughs> right. there and make it work. Yeah, that's. And I also have a, a fixed gear bike, uh, very distinct, purple and black. More than likely, if you've gotten seen and been in Riverside or you've mm -hmm. driven or ridden through. The area or you've met me you've probably seen me on that, on that bike and that's probably my favorite bike ah a single speed bike so what kind of a, of a base bike is it uh, it's a i believe it's a truck 1000 uh -huh. mm. when i bought it uh, several years ago it was painted completely black uh, covered in stickers and i know that the i know the person in the shop where it was built up from and i know that it's a truck based off the, the painted sure. over badge yeah. yeah but i can't tell anything else about that bike other than the fact that it's Right. It's got no gears and no brakes on it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I, saw, I bought it solely for the fact that I thought it was very pretty. Uh -huh. And I thought mm -hmm. it would look good uh, to race uh, a fixie crit on it or it, to race alley cats on there's it. There's just something sure. about a black frame. Oh. I don't know. We get we get in so many different styles of bikes donated yeah. from the community. And I tell you, when I there's something about those They're black cool. frames. Like, I don't know. They just, yeah, they yeah. speak to you. Mm -hmm. And you see, you ride your fixed gear around town, huh? Is yes. Yeah. So... That's that interesting thing of uh, in riding around town. A lot of us do that, um, and there's just a lot of opportunity to ride a lot of different bikes and different style of riding. Um, 
one of the things that I think is interesting when we talk about Bike Walk Wichita and other organizations, this kind of divide between the racer types and the city type, or the, yeah, the, the city community types. And we were talking about that just a little bit earlier, that that's one of those things that doesn't really match your experience, right? Uh, absolutely. I, I kind of transition between each role, uh, whether it's as a bike commuter or as a, as a, a road racer or a gravel racer or a, or a cyclocross racer. Yeah. Or just someone who rides around, ride, someone who rides to town, rides to dinner, yeah. or just does whatever I want on it. Uh, it's been, it's a, it's kind of a unique uh, experience to have to go and whether it's switching out pedals and learning, okay, well, this is what I need to ride in, or right. or I'm going to go and right. put on my Lycra and my race kit for my for my team. And yeah, because sure. that's very different types of riding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us. I saw you were just on the podium. There you go. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about your experience with your racing. Uh, so I I race for uh, the uh, Apostle Park Bike Works uh, race team for road and gravel. And I race for the uh, MFMC factory mm-hmm. race team for cyclocross. Uh-huh. And that team's based out of Dallas. Nice. I, I started racing earlier this year, uh, really for the first time getting into it. For the past several years, I've gone and done a race here and there. Mm-hmm. And it would kind of pique my interest. It would kind of uh, fulfill some sort of need that I had <laughs> to do that. And then I moved here about a year ago and really had the opportunity to to get involved with the community and develop some friendships and and this first year I've put together like a full race full race schedule oh yeah and I've actually done done pretty well oh I I think so yeah yeah wearing other people's jerseys right that's yeah that you started out wearing your own jersey and then now you're getting uh, to wear the kit from a team and not only that but you said from starting there to being on a podium yeah how many races I've run 21 races this year so I've I've actually won five races. Yeah, nice. nice. So, yeah. and you mentioned the community here in Wichita. I've, mm-hmm. I I go to the races, but we'll just say I'm not really a racer. I'm racing against myself, or or like <laughs> back when I was doing the runs with the River Run, I'm I'm racing that nine year old that I passed towards the finish, but then darn it, he beat me still anyway. But it's that kind of racing I am. But I love doing it because it is such a great community, and and I've done a lot of the gravel races around and. And different things. Now, I don't quite do the endurance ones you've done. I've done the, because you've done the DK, right? I have not done the DK. You have not? Oh. Okay. I've done the 100 of that one, so I got you there. But I know you were talking about you do some uh, bike packing as well. So if you didn't do the DK, tell what was your little tour you were talking about? Uh, so bike packing is something that I've always been interested little in. Tour. Uh, the Really, the, my goal for, for cycling, one of my dreams for cycling is to. I do the Trans America bike race. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. From Oregon yeah. to uh, to Virginia. Yeah, and I'm, I'm planning on doing that yeah. in 2021. Oh, great! Nice. I, I need a little. I'd like to do right. it again. I'd like to do it this year or, or in 2020, but I need a little more experience, mm-hmm. a little more time to mm-hmm. learn how to how to bike pack and how to right. be able to carry that equipment and carry self sufficient. Right. Yeah. And under that intensity for that long, long. I mean, yes. that's it is that is such. Yeah. I mean, that is such an. <laughs> it, it, it does. It's it, for those for those of you who maybe haven't heard. It's the Trans American. It's called the Trans Trans America Bike Race. Yeah, and it goes from coast to coast basically, and they are not. It, you can't accept outside assistance. It's completely self supported, mm-hmm. um, and the winners for the last few years have have gone from Oregon to Virginia in like twenty two days. 
with on a bicycle just maybe only sleeping like four hours at a time yeah we've when, shown a few of the documentaries the, yeah. yeah what's the waiting time now what's the record yeah what's I believe this year it was 16 days yeah 16, i yeah. think they shaved yeah, off Santa quite Mont- a bit that's, like that. Yeah. that is just 16 yeah to ride across the country yeah and that's your plan and that is really awesome so that you got was talking about the ride you said you came from so in order to get there, you have to start out smaller. Yeah, and yeah. start with smaller, yeah. smaller rides. So early this year, I started with a a bunch of twelve hour endurance time trial races down in Texas, and just really learning how to stay on the bike for twelve hours at a time. Yeah, and to be able to be to hold a pace and to be able to carry equipment, things like that. Uh, over the summer, I took a trip. I started in Springfield, Missouri, at, in mid July. Probably the hottest weekend of the year. Yeah, good idea. Just to, well, you know, great planning. Yeah. Well, that's training. It's training. It's learning. There you go. It's training and learning how to how to uh, overcome the elements. Yeah. That's so I started in Springfield, Missouri, and I rode the first day. I rode all the way to Pittsburgh, Kansas. With my lack of experience with doing that kind of riding, I really showed on the first day what should have been a, a hundred mile ride, and. That I completed in a pretty decent amount of time turned into a 130 mile ride because of unknown construction and navigation and and just generally getting out in the middle of nowhere in western Missouri and realizing oh well this road's closed and then taking a detour only to find out that my detour brought me right back to the road closure (gasps) and that the road closure in and of itself was a couple of boulders across the road that all I had to do was climb over them and I could keep riding. That's one of the lessons. The road's really never really closed. Hardly ever closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and having done gravel racing, that's something I should have... Yes. It should have been in the back of my mind. But That's the that's best learned. part of the gravel courses, by the way, is when you, you get the course thing and you say, when you come to the, the road close sign, keep going. You want to go straight there. I love that part of the racing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. And back, and back in the boonies. Keep going, yeah. So the first day I made it to Pittsburgh, Kansas, I, I stopped and kept kept going the next day. And that was a, it was a completely different type of riding, uh, riding through eastern Kansas. Mm-hmm. In the summer? Yes. Uh, everything's flat. Uh, and the difference between western Missouri and eastern Kansas, there's a lot of hills and in western mm-hmm. Missouri that break things up. It's a very beautiful place to ride, which I highly recommend riding in that area if you ever get the opportunity. Oh, yes. But riding in eastern Kansas was interesting because it just it kept going. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I quickly realized just how sparsely populated yeah. the state is and how, many, how few gas stations there are mm-hmm. and places to stay or even stop for water. Uh, there were several gas stations I would look on, on Google Maps that I would get to and they would be closed. And I would have to ride 15 more miles down down the road to find another town, or, or ride out of my way to find uh, some some supplies. Yeah, uh, I I did run into an, a person along the uh, the Trans America bike route. Uh, the route I took actually took me in the reverse direction of the way it's raced. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to run into to a, a few people who were at least riding it, or maybe even racing it on their own. And I was very fortunate. I stopped in this really small town. Really, it's kind of a shack with a, there was a, a store in it. And I, I'm riding up to the store and I see this bike sitting there. Wow. And I realized very quickly, that doesn't belong here. There, <laughs> there's, it's a, it's a steel frame bike, it's beat up. There's, a, there's probably 30 pounds of camping gear on it. Right. And I'm thinking, that person is someone who's riding Trans-America mm-hmm. Bike Route. Mm-hmm. Go inside and have lunch with them and... Oasis. <laughs> in the 30 minutes I sat talking to, to that lady, 
I, I learned so much about how to just how to how to travel cross country on a bike. Wonderful. And it was a very worthwhile experience. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And having that opportunity to go on bike tours, I've done several of them that are, you know, three or four days. One of these days, I say, I keep saying I'll do a big long one. Um, but it's, it's just really interesting. There's something about being on a bike that um, the people that you run into, even though you said you didn't run into hardly anyone, uh, but the people you run into, they're just very interested in who we are and where we're going and really gracious and very kind to people on bicycles for the most part out, out in the boonies as we're touring and, and traveling around. But then, uh, interesting on your, your story, you were talking about being out and uh, sort of hitting your limits there as well. So, you know, you had, had a nice, lovely lunch. And that's part of one of these things on these long tours is it can go from sweetest experience to, and you were saying you ended up in Beaumont, is that right? Yes, I ended up outside of Beaumont. So After I having lunch, uh, uh, I love Beaumont and, and riding <laughs> yeah. through there, raced through there a few times. Oh, yeah, yeah. So as I'm riding, uh, riding back in from Chanute, uh, back in toward Beaumont, I ran in, I started having uh, heat exhaustion and again ran into the supply, the supply problem of finding a place to have, have supplies and finding a place to have water and, and food, things like that, or even, even, in, even shade. Right. Uh, Something out of the wind and the right. sun. Yeah. I, so my ride ended up, I had to cut it short in Beaumont, unfortunately. I, I didn't want to take the chance of anything happening. And, right. You know, yeah. it's, it's not there's, worth getting it yeah. in the hospital because right. of that. Right. right, there's pushing yourself and then there's pushing yourself too far. Yeah. And, and you definitely pushed yourself. So good luck to you on your, your Transamerica ride. We want to keep uh, keep yeah. hearing from you on it. And we'll bring you back uh, just before you go, of course, because uh, we want to hear all your training tips. And then mm -hmm. when you when you win it and you come back, we'll have you back <laughs> on our next episode there. We'll, so. follow, we'll follow the dot. Yeah. Yes, yes. We know that yes. uh, Marty Johnson, of course, has raced these big, long races. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's done Tour Divide, which is a little different kind of a ride. But uh, it's just amazing to be able to commit yourself and, and have that opportunity to commit yourself to something that's a big deal. And so what, uh, what benefits do you experience from your writing? So the reason I started writing uh, back in 2013 was actually uh, to deal with uh, anxiety and depression. I huh. yes. kind of suffered, it, suffered with it throughout my life and tried different ways of, of right. managing it and coping with it. I started a new job in 2013 working in aerospace and within about a month found out that it was probably the most stressful environment I've ever been in. Just on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis, I had moments where I would would walk out of work out, like on lunch and with every intention of quitting my job at that point, only to get out of the building and go grab something to eat and realize, you know, I, I need to keep my job. I need to find a way to... to right. Right. Adapt right. to this environment and overcome people's what I'm right. People survive it. You can mm -hmm. do yeah. it. Right. Mm -hmm. I, and that's what I looked at. I saw people who had been working there for 30 or 40 years who thrived and, and worked well mm -hmm. in that environment. And it was just a matter of learning how to do that. I had a, a supervisor who rode bikes and he asked me what I did for stress one day after lunch. And I told him, well, I really don't have anything to deal with stress. It's my focus is here on work. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't have a whole lot of focus. I used to run quite a bit. I ended up uh, getting hurt and was just unable to really get back into yeah. that. Yeah. So he told me, you know, go to the local bike shop and buy the 
the cheapest road bike you can you can find. And I asked him, well, how much? He's like, well, a thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, about a month later, I saved up a thousand dollars and went into a bike shop one day and walked out with this very shiny, very brand new, very pretty Trek 1.1. Oh, how fun. And new immediately, bike immediately started riding, started riding uh, that bike. And I, had, I hadn't ridden a road bike ever in my life. And that was a riding through the parking lot, test riding the bike. Right. So it was a very unique experience. I almost crashed it twice. Oh, right. my goodness. And I hadn't even... I had a sports car. Right. I hadn't even purchased the bike yet, and I could see the, the salesman cringing, like, please don't crash the bike. <laughs> yeah. Those I, are called bonding experiences with your bike. Yeah, and we like... Yeah. So I, I started riding and started out very slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, I weighed probably about 260 pounds. No. Wow. And okay. It was just... There's a story here. That's, very unhealthy. I had some very unhealthy eating habits. Uh and but it did take long for me to start right really kind of diving into riding the bike yeah. and getting the stress relief mm-hmm. and, and all these different benefits mm-hmm. yeah that, they're pretty immediate you, yes. you yeah. really start feeling and right. seeing yeah the benefits and, and immediately when you start when you start riding a lot your body starts craving different foods for fuel mm-hmm. so it, it just it, it one thing leads to another it's like just making a decision to do one thing can just kind of snowball into all these other things. That's very interesting. And And especially, I'm interested in when you say how much weight you've lost through this, because that's just such an issue in our society and our community here is um, people being able to maintain a healthy weight. Mm -hmm. And people find, trying to find something that works for them. Um, And there's lots of different ways. And your approach was to, uh, save your mind and, and decrease stress and get on a bike and look you or started losing weight you didn't do it to start losing weight did you or did you just see that as a benefit or that was actually a, a side benefit of it I, I really didn't consider the weight uh, as the main problem yeah. I, I recognized it was the stress at work and it was right. my own my own issues with the depression and the anxiety that were really driving everything. And right. So I understood that overeating and eating unhealthy was just a mm. one, yeah. of those, just one yeah. part of the puzzle. That was one part yeah. of it. So I, I, I really didn't change any of the habits I had with like right. eating. I just started riding my bike and eventually got faster and faster and started riding more. And that's when my habits started to change. Uh, I started to enjoy rocking. How, how, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how I felt. I mean, and, yeah, yeah. Because you, you start to... You see that correlation between your biking and how you feel, and and you just you want to replicate that. Right. Yeah. So, so in terms of now, you're on a real pretty heavy race schedule. You were saying, and yes, how does that fit with your work? Because you still got the same job, right? So I actually have a different job. Okay. Uh, it's with the same type of work. Same type of work. Uh, if anything, it's probably more stressful now at this point. I work as a quality engineer for a mm-hmm. for an aerospace company yeah. over on the west side. And it's a it's a very demanding job, uh, very demanding of my time and, and of my energy. So I'm fortunate to have a, a very wonderful boss who understands the need to split personal time and, and mm-hmm. to be able to disconnect right. and the ability to actually be at work too. And, and understands there are benefits to, sure. to letting me take off a day yeah. or two or letting me mm-hmm. take off for a week to go right. race. That literal work-life balance. Yes. Right. So he really understands your need uh, for your life there. And, and he's the person, well, no, there's not the same person that put you on a bike, right? Not the same person. Uh, does your new boss ride as well? He does not ride it, but he is a, uh, he's, he plays hockey. 
locally. Oh, so, there you go. So active living. Yes. So yeah. he's he and I very quickly kind of started talking when I met him right. when I moved up here and learned. Hey, you know what? He's like, I don't know anything about bikes. I don't know anything about hockey, but we understand the the importance of what we do right. and why we're yeah. why we're doing it. Yeah. So we're able to connect on that level. So I put an extra time at work. He lets me take off, and mm-hmm. you know, if I need to go to a race or if I want to do some traveling right. to go for even just to get away, it's he, he yeah. usually has no problem with me doing that. And so you don't try to quit at lunchtime at all anymore now. No, I, I, <laughs> I've yet to try to quit this job. Oh, good. Yeah. And that's all. And that's all because of bicycling, right? Well, not exactly, but you'd say that was I a would, really significant part it, of it. Has a lifestyle change. Yes, it is a significant part of it. Uh, so, riding the bike let me help me deal with the stress and deal with the, mm-hmm. the anxiety, and really allowed me to get to a point where I could actually function, mm-hmm. yeah. and, yes. and yeah. be functional uh, yeah. at a relatively high level mm-hmm. uh, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And through through racing, through riding, it's if anyone who's raced will know that it's if you're really racing it. In the moment, it's not really fun. It, it's mm-hmm. it's just a series of it's a long series of pain and, and, and torture <laughs> in a lot of cases, uh, pushing your body as hard as it will go, right. pushing, mm-hmm. or at least pushing your mind as hard as it will go. Yeah. Uh, but the benefit of that is, when you get into those moments, you realize I can handle that. I can mm-hmm. do all of these different things. Push beyond. And I have even another limit. Beyond what I'm doing now, uh, when you race gravel, when you race a 50-mile race like at Rage Against the Chain Ring or at the yes. Emmy or the Hondo or any of these races, you realize very quickly when you're out there, I, I'm, I'm dying. My heart rate's... Right, you're at max heart rate. You know, I'm, I'm pushing 160 beats a minute and I've got four hours left. But, I, you know, i got to get up to that next guy up the hill or I've got to get... There's a break or, an, you or, know. or here's a gel. That's what yeah. always works for me in those rides. Here's a caffeine gel. Yeah. And then somehow I went from that horrible misery of a bike ride to, God, this is fun. Yeah. And then how that magic that happens in our heads. Um, material circumstances have, hasn't changed, of course, sugar and all those things there. But there's something about cycling and that active living that really does it helps the way we the way that we feel and and uh, your story really makes that really vivid there too because of what you were talking about the, the stress and um, ready to quit and then now uh, you know you're on the podium and, and you still got the same job and something has changed yep uh, it uh, you definitely will that is a good way to look at it when having the gel I I hadn't really thought about that as in terms of of my work but it you do have you do find examples of that. Uh, how things can can turn in a heartbeat, and yeah. it works both ways. It works unfortunately right. mm-hmm. both ways, good and bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you apply those same skills you've learned out on the roads and to daily living with uh, at your job, and then how you interact with people as well too. When you've had that opportunity to test yourself and push yourself, then um, you know dealing with a coworker may not be quite so difficult if you've had something harder than that, right? <laughs> and, and a lot of times that's exactly what it is. I can deal with. I've learned I can deal with pretty much anything. Yeah, right. uh, there's a real zen part of riding a bike for me. That once I'm out on the road and just going, um, I just so much, so much just gets shed. And I like to, I'm able to ride most every day, uh, back and forth to work. And are you able to ride to work at all, or ride around town much? I, I don't typically ride to work too much. Uh, sometimes the routes out uh, 
out west, out by the airport, can, yeah. Be, a yeah. little, can be a little sketchy. Especially out in that area. Yeah. We yeah. get a lot of requests from people trying to figure out how they could bike commute safely from that area. Right. And there's southwest just n- there's little in- infrastructure. When, yeah. when we get the bridge over the big ditch down, yes. that, that but that's another episode. Right. Yeah. yeah, but you're able to ride. You're not just somebody that gets on a bike on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday, though, you're saying. Oh, no, I ride probably six days a week. Yeah. And I yeah. do about 150, 160 miles a week. Yeah. And so talking about your training um, and kind of segueing also into yeah. some food and meal discussion, meal always, prep, always. Uh, what do you do? I mean, this is an intense amount of training and, and rides for and one calories. year. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing for, for meal prep or food or for training? For as far as like in race go, goes i usually do uh, a combination of cliff bars bananas peanut butter sandwiches uh cliff shop blocks and then i'll use uh either scratch labs some of their drink mixes mm-hmm. yep. or uh i believe it's called noon oh yeah the little yeah. tablets you can oh, throw yeah. in yeah. i throw throw the two of those in a bottle and it works those electrolytes mm-hmm. yes yeah. works out very well I, I use that at the hondo and that was a course uh, that was probably actually that was the the last race that I went on was the uh, seventy seven mile version of the Hondo. Yeah, it was a tough race, I heard. Yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, that route, I've I've been interested in doing that race for probably the past year, and just because of how difficult it is, and knowing what it's like to to ride out there. Every time I had gone out there to ride, and I've probably ridden that route six or seven times, uh, just on my own and with friends. Every time before that race I went out, it broke me mentally and physically, and it broke my bike every time. Wow. <laughs> wow. Kansas is not flat, by the way. Right. You, yeah. you, oh, no. You, it's... You, knew, you knew this because Texas also, right. Dallas yeah. is not flat. But you get up into the, because uh, this was over towards Augusta, right? Yes. And you get over in that southern Flint Hills, and there are some amazing roads and some very abrupt climbs. We'll yes. Put it. Yeah. So that, I changed my nutrition strategy. Uh, for that race, I also had some teammates that were helping me out, and that that race was the first time that I really had conquered that route uh, without being broken. Yeah, uh, wow. I did have a major mechanical failure about halfway through the race, uh, but that's part of the fun, right? And fortunately, a teammate was there. He instead of continuing on, he gave me his bike and said, oh. "You should." Uh, Dude, you're the leader, you should, man. You should. This is your race. This is what you've been pushing for. You need to go and. That, that's well, amazing. You need to go and. Uh, that's never carry happened on. to me. <laughs> it's, it's never happened to me. you, Kim. No, no. <laughs> that is, that's awesome right there just to hear that. Uh, but then yeah. the, the, the simple thing of fuel. Well, we sit back at this side of it and you say, duh. But um, being able to see for you to be able to have the. Significant difference just by paying attention to exactly the, mm-hmm. the food that you're eating. And so, how did you finish? In that race, I finished first. That's what I. That's yeah, what I saw I, on Facebook. So, congratulations. Yeah. That's thank you. That's pretty impressive. And congratulations, to your teammates that were there for you to be supportive. That was amazing. And to see you overcome and and yeah. and beat yourself, but you know, yeah. push that yeah. limit each right. time. That's and, awesome. And so, the the food changing up the food helped you. Uh, yes, it did. Yeah. So, what do you do on? Your average days. How, how do you get dinner? Not that's your race. The, yeah, not yeah, a race. That's days. the big question of really, I got to think of dinner again today? Yes. What? what do you do for dinner? So that that is a very interesting question because, and I unfortunately, I wish my eating habits were a little better than they are. I, I 
I'm it's, partial to I'm partial no, to Dr. There's Pepper, no judgment here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no judgment. I mean, we we a lot of our listeners, you know, Kim and I also um, are on the women's bike page, and of course with the women's group, it's not only constantly how do I eat to fuel myself for the bike, but how do I also you know, keep my family and how, how do I, you know, feed my family and feed myself that will better my biking and, you know, better habits and stuff. But you're a single guy. Right. You got no kids. Yeah. No kids. And so, no so wife. What, do you, what do you really eat? Again, no judgment. But what do you really eat? What did you have for dinner last night? Last night I had a, a big quiche Lorraine from... Uh-huh. From Whole Foods. There you go. <laughs> I, I actually the oven and smart. That's a smart choice. I, yeah, I have clean food. I have a quiche recipe that it's just like cheese and bacon quiche, <laughs> and and I will just I'll make two of those at a time because you buy pie crust at the grocery store in pairs, mm-hmm. and I just you know it's so easy to just make that, and and I had. He doesn't work with us anymore, but I had a coworker who was also doing bike across Kansas and doing some distance biking. And so I would just take a quiche to work for him, mm-hmm. and then the other quiche would be for me to eat throughout the week. And so that was kind of my meal prep mm-hmm. for, for the week and stuff. And um, it's, it, I, I'll give you the recipe. There will also be a link in the show notes and stuff for it, but quiche is so easy to make. Right. Yeah, you can adapt yeah. it to whatever you want yeah. inside of it. And, and I picked up that meal prep tip from Amy yeah. last year and so yeah. every once in a while I'll make a quiche as well and it is super that's easy. my meal prep so yeah. do you uh do you do any meal prep or uh yeah. cooking at home much or I, yes do I, I do that? I my living situation has kind of been in flux for the past two months so I haven't done a, a whole lot of cooking at home mm-hmm. uh, but when I do cook at home and now that I've kind of gotten relocated right. into, into old, the old town area I've started cooking more so I do a lot of like breakfast is usually a lot of it's a lot of egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love eggs; probably one of my favorite things to eat. So I'll do a lot of eggs in the morning or waffles and things like that. Uh, for lunch, it's kind of whatever I can get it while while I'm at work right, or whatever right. I can escape to. Yeah. Um, yeah. At night, I I do a lot of fish. Okay. Uh, try to do a lot of baking, bake, bake fish, <laughs> uh, bake potato uh, for carbs, things like that. Uh, Broccoli, asparagus, carrots. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've, I've started uh, getting into aspar- like eating asparagus and a few, di- mm-hmm. trying a few different things. Uh, if you've ever talked to my mom, she will tell you that as a kid I hated vegetables and <laughs> it was I, it had to be hamburgers and, and Mexican food mm-hmm. and things right. like that. And I still right. have a, a real soft spot for those things. So mm-hmm. I I still eat golden yeah. <laughs> I, broccoli. I still eat a lot of. I still eat a lot of a lot of hamburgers and stuff like that. Uh, well, that's okay. I, I just was hearing something about this. I think it was on another podcast or something. What we were talking about that of just try to eat the good foods and mm-hmm. as many of those good foods you can eat, then that's the less of right. the other foods that you'll be eating. And whether it's blueberries or apples or right. eating quiche or anything, if you can make the right choice for it, and it's not about being on a diet, it's about uh, making the, the best choice that you can each day yeah. and in yeah. each meal. And yeah, especially you're burning enough calories in a right. week. You said what 160 miles in a about week? A, about so, 160. Yeah. So how many calories a day do you think you burn when you're riding on in those days? Probably about. I'm looking at it probably about a thousand calories. 
mm-hmm. yeah, up yeah. to fifteen hundred calories yeah. per day, and that's what I've learned. In the, you're burning more calories than that. Well, at least from the writing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're probably looking at about four thousand calories. A there day. we go. Yeah. So at four thousand calories in a day, you get to eat it. It's okay to eat a hamburger, <laughs> right? And I just actually oh, checked out a book from Bike Walk Wichita. We have a little lending library. A lot of people have donated books and resources, and, and we also purchased some books. And one is portable food, and it's actually uh, one of the U.S. Um, Olympic cycling team coaches, and what they did to bring whole food into the diets of the the team, because you can get a lot of gut issues and stuff if you're eating the gels and the bars and stuff on a lot basis. on a regular yeah. basis. You can start to have some issues, and uh, so I just checked out this book, and it's all about kind of portable whole foods. Um, and so I'm super excited to look at the, yeah. the recipe yeah. section. And I know Clayton and I, when, when Jack was talking about just trying to find the foods that you normally eat, and Clayton and I are just about trying to find how to make those a healthier version of what we want to eat. And he, we both love lasagna, and we just found like a crock pot version of lasagna. And our schedules are so different that um, I am usually working super early and I work long hours, so by the time I get home, starting something in a crock pot is not really feasible, but he is a night owl, so we've got it to where it's like, I can get all the lasagna stuff prepped and get it in the crock pot, turn it on, and then I'm like, okay, Clayton, here's a note. You need to turn the crock pot off at like one in the morning, and you know, whatever his schedule is, you know, that's just kind of, he really is a night owl, and, I said, okay, turn it off. When it cools down, just put it in the fridge. And then I get up in the morning and I slice it up, portion it out into um, individual containers. And he takes probably four of the containers to work. And I, you know, one container will be three meals for me, but one container Mm -hmm. is one meal for him. So uh, that's, that's how we kind of work that stuff out. But having that, that the crock pot lasagna recipe that we found is just a really good base and so mm-hmm. now we're going to start working towards the things that we want to add to it or the different spices or fresher spices just yeah. to kind of make it better mm-hmm. for us so and that's yeah. it's it's good i mean a lot of people don't think about um kind of this meal prep or yeah. you know but if you're wanting to fit in rides and yeah. stuff too um after work or before work um, it's it's really important to try to think about that planning. Yeah. Um, as we t- transition into this uh, colder weather, I do a lot of soup um, and salads, and so then I will container that up into my mason jars, and I have that yeah. then. The mason jar saving mm-hmm. there, yeah, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I always worry about the mason jars on the bikes. Like, I need to figure out a better situation probably but so jack i know i always see you um well, the, you the, the eat very that, healthy and the thing that i well just too much of very healthy you know, that's <laughs> the thing, or i don't burn enough the calories so what are you doing because right? you're riding every main, day the main thing that i do uh, in terms of meal prep is breakfast and for me yes just like a mom always said breakfast is the most important meal of the day and i need to have some good fiber in me i love oats and so for the last couple of years now I've been kind of experimenting and, and refining, and I think I've got it now. I've got the perfect recipe for a, a little oat bar that I do. I just make it a drop cookie kind of a thing, but it's it's oats and uh, some whole wheat flour and a bit of yogurt and agave nectar and, and whatever else I happen to have, whether it's mm-hmm. raisins or bananas, 
pumpkin these days a lot and then I'll put some pumpkin and maybe some dark chocolate chips and some nuts and the nice thing is is I got it down where I can make uh, a batch of that which will make two sheets so mm -hmm. probably 24 of the the little uh, breakfast bars and uh, then I put them in the fridge and I've got uh, a little bread sack you know a reuse uh, bread sack and that's full of those uh, oat bars I guess we can call them and uh, for me that makes such a difference because one it gives me that variety because depending on do I want chocolate in it, cocoa in it or not, do I put right. coconut and, yeah. and uh, then also then they're there and, and I can use those either for, like I say, for breakfast. Uh, I used to laugh at my dad because he always had his bran flakes and the same amount of coffee and oh yeah same here, two cups of coffee and one of my little things you know, every morning. Right. But they're great for a snack and they also work for inner pocket and so mm -hmm. we were talking about when times when the gels and things don't work. I'm out for longer rides, especially if I'm doing longer tours. Yeah, I don't want gel. You want some food stuff. sometimes, yeah. Have some, yeah. Heft, some heft to it, and mm -hmm. you know when you get a cup of oats in you, yeah, that's there's some heft there. Yeah. A cup of oats for each one. Yeah. But yeah. And that's what, that's why I, I try to go with like bananas, peanut butter sandwiches. Mm -hmm. um, when I did my last uh, ultra race, the 12-hour race, I had I was fortunate to have a. a my mom served as my, my pit crew for that oh, race. Oh, nice. But the night before, she would ask me, well, what do you uh, what do you eat? How are you going to maintain the energy to do this 12-hour race and, and be competitive? And I told her, I'm going to need about 30 peanut butter sandwiches. Wow. <laughs> and so she goes, Thanks, to the, she goes to the store while I'm getting the bike ready. She comes back, and we sit there for 30 minutes and just make Sandwich peanut butter sandwiches sandwich. and yeah. package it all together. And... I, I've um, kind of given her a crash course of how to be a crew chief in an ultra race on the fly. She's <laughs> oh, never seen a bike race before. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Kind of explaining, here's how things are going to go. Here's what I'm, what I'm going to need from you. Wow. And uh, she actually did, she did an excellent job of taking yeah. care of me. But again, it's yeah. my mom, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah she better. Right? Moms love to do that, yeah. you know? Although, wait a minute. 30, 70, I'm sure mom loves you, but that was, that was the chore. <laughs> I, yeah, I did try to help. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. I liked it. I liked it. Connect with mom. That's yes. one of those experiences yeah. that you'll have forever. And that mm -hmm. was that was actually over Mother's Day. And oh, so she, so I drove down to South Texas for this yeah. race, and she drove from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, over uh, oh, to meet awesome. up with me for Mother's Day. And that was kind of a our Mother's yeah. Day adventure. Right. right. Was being able to take part in this bike race and actually get on the podium. It's nice. a really strong competition. Oh, man. Wow. That's great. I think we're going to hear more from you down the line. Yeah. I, think, I yeah. think so. I think you're just going to be our race uh, correspondent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. We might have to have you uh, record live uh, from some locations. Mm -hmm. I could definitely do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. My teammates and I like to film and, and take pictures and, and do, do oh. different recordings and oh, share yeah. each other. We would love that. Yeah. That is. Sure that. Yeah. We have a few. We have some adventures. Yeah. Absolutely, because I I constantly joke that the the squirrels play chicken with me on the bike paths. So I'm sure your adventures are much more, <laughs> more more so more more, more entertaining <laughs> even than the squirrels. More, more than just the squirrels. We've had a few of those. I know that on for Van's Wednesday night intervals yeah. that he does. Uh -huh. There's mm -hmm. been a time or two when I've been out on the out on the road with those guys in the middle of an interval, and there's a squirrel sitting there on the side of the road, yeah. waiting on me. Yes, oh my gosh. I, I know they yeah, just they they make like, eye contact. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. It's the, the squirrels love to run at me and my bike. Mm -hmm. I once had a skunk do that. Oh, okay. It, I was on my gravel bike at, at night, and there were three babies 
mm-hmm. running across the road, and I missed the babies. And then oh. Mama comes running across the road at me. Oh, my gosh. And hits the back wheel, spins around, and I'm, I'm doing like 20 miles an hour down this road. And, and that's probably what saved me from, right. from right. being Spray. completely covered. Yeah. Uh, she ended up spraying. It got my back. It got the back of my gravel bike. So oh, even yeah. to this day, every once in a while, yeah. I will go and, and will touch the bike or I'll... I'll get uh-huh. it in a certain position, and I can smell that spray <laughs> oh, on the yes. bike. And it's it's a carbon fiber frame, so it it's, it's, it's apparently uh, yes. just it's embedded, it's embedded in, there. in the frame. Yeah. So so you have we're, a smell about you, but you know we're on a gravel ride once, and peahens came running right through the pack there, and that was interesting. And nobody went down, but it was just amazing <laughs> of how um, dumb they can be, I guess, but just how quickly they went across, and everybody managed. And that's one of the fun things about racing. Again, I'm not, not a big racer at all, but I have ridden in some really tight packs and ridden with folks going 20 and 25 miles an hour on a gravel road, wheel to wheel. And somebody that's never ridden that, they're like, that just looks dangerous and that's just so crazy and dumb. Um, oh, by the way, at night with headlights on as well. Uh, but it's some of the most fun riding I've ever done. And, and it's just a lot of fun. So I'm glad you get that opportunity to be out there racing and. And I'll, I'll race vicariously through you now. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of fun to go out and get in that type types of situations. Uh, not only for just the perspective of I, I can ride at a pace that I'm not normally capable okay. of riding yes. at by myself. Yes, but also the the teamwork aspect. Even if mm-hmm. we're all riding together and we've not ridden together before, but right. working together and. and Achieving yeah. that common goal. Yeah. And that's something that I, I really enjoy about the, the scooters ride on, on Saturday. Yes. Uh, when I'm able to get out to it, but also really the the uh, Wednesday night intervals. Yeah. It's being able to get out with that group and actually work together as a group. And it's it gets competitive uh, <laughs> up front with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Always that's trying to, an understatement, all, all through, I would all say. All through the pack, it's competitive. Pretty because competitive. Because you go up that little group. hill around the bend and there's a wheel ahead of you. I'm going to catch it. Yeah. And it's fun. It's a fun part of the sport. And I'm usually the one up front pushing it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I've been on rides with you, but uh, you may not have seen me, but I've seen you maybe up over the bend. Yeah. Well, we don't have any uh, races coming up, but we do have a few uh, upcoming events oh, that I wanted yeah. to make sure and remind everyone. Uh, we have our Christmas lights ride. And so hopefully you can join us this year for that. Yeah, that will be a single speed Sunday, bike. December 8th, yes. You right? get to decorate yes. that bike. Right. Yes, decorate your bikes up. Come out. We meet at, in the parking lot at Il Vicino's in College Hill. And uh, Gary will uh, lead us along the uh, Christmas lights ride. So we have that. And then uh, Saturday, December 14th, we also have the Christmas lights walk. And we are starting at Normandy Center, which is at Central and Woodlawn. And uh, we will be enjoying the, the Christmas lights there. That's a nice little Essex. neighborhood there, right across from uh, uh, Central, north of Central. We're going yeah. back in Price Harris Schools in that neighborhood. We'll be walking towards there. And we're just looking, uh, one of the things we're looking to do is to try to feature different neighborhoods for our walks and our rides. And um, we thought this would be a nice opportunity to, to see what that neighborhood has to do for Christmas lights. So hint, hint, anybody in that neighborhood that hears this, hurry, put some lights up. <laughs> We're coming. Yeah. Um, we also have a ready-to-roll bike maintenance class. So this is 101 Bike Maintenance, um, December 15th, and it's $15. Uh, it's, a, it's a great deal if you want to uh, really be empowered to how to change those flats, um, how to identify some of those sounds. So if you're out on the, 
road and, and you're starting to hear a squeak. Or, what does this little screw do? And yes. Which way do I turn it? Adjusting yeah. brakes, derailleurs, all, all of those really important aspects. And then we also have a mentored maintenance class that I think has a few spots left uh, yes. for December 11th. And that is one-on-one on one, one on one with a bike mechanic and your own workbench and you bring your bike and whatever issue you're having that you really want to learn um, in depth uh, how to fix or if you need to do that bottom bracket or, yeah, you know, something like that, uh, that's a great time. Well, that's a bargain. 20 bucks. 20 dollars to get them for the evening. A couple of hours yeah, couple with of hours. one of our experienced mechanics and uh, it's a lot of fun and you get to use our tools and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good experience. And um, then we also have our January celebration on uh, January 31st. Uh, we'll really be kicking off uh, 2020. And uh, so join us over at Bike Walk Wichita headquarters. And uh, we're going to have a, a good time. Uh, it's always fun to catch up with all the friends. Um, yeah. And But then we'll also be highlighting what we're really planning to work on this year in 2020 mm-hmm. and what we want to tackle. So And we'll be looking for your input. So join us at that event because you'll be able to uh, share your ideas and input, and that way uh, we can really make some momentum this yeah. year in making uh, Wichita more accessible and connected. Zach, will you be riding in January? Oh, definitely. There you good, go. Good, yes. Yep. Every day. Every day is a good day to ride. Well, I drove yesterday, so that's okay. Whether it's inside or outside, I'll definitely be riding. Uh, do you do a lot of indoor training as well? Actually, I do. I, you do? Really, when the weather starts to get cold, I'm, I'm kind of opposed to cold weather riding. Okay. I, you did say you came from Texas. Yes. In Louisiana that is the answer. Texas, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, born and raised in Texas, so even during the winter, it doesn't get that cold. It might get... The, the highs here in the in the winter are, are usually the lows in Texas, yeah. so it's yeah. kind of... It's, it can be a lot more of a challenge to get out and mm-hmm. ride. Right. And it's also harder to find people to ride with in that kind of weather as well. So, so what kind yeah. of indoor trainer do you like? Uh, I use a Kurt Kinetic. Okay. Uh, it's a kind of a, a smart trainer. Bluetooth power meter in it. And be looking for our, our trainer talk yes. that we're having. Yes. So, yeah, actually coming. We do. Oh, it is right. actually on our Bike Walk Wichita calendar, or, and uh, we'll be sharing that on our Facebook page as well. But Van uh, is going to be leading a 101 uh, kind of trainer curious talk and uh, sharing some of the benefits, um, talking about different styles of trainers. And then I think he may be also sharing some tips. And uh, he is an excellent trainer. Uh, many oh, people yes. train uh, with Van. And so I think he'll be sharing some of those tips. So definitely check out our calendar, our Facebook events. Uh, it'll be a free talk held at Bike Walk Wichita. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I as well like like riding indoors as well. So, well, thank you so much for for joining us and, and sharing all those tips on the training and the meal prep. I always I find that really um, motivating and encouraging. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, yes. Good. So we do have a volunteer that we want to highlight uh, this month. Megan Ritmiller is part of our pedestrian work group, and she really jumped in on the crosswalk project. Yes. She actually works at a local school, um, and she is just a delight. Um, I think the public works and our other volunteers had a great time, and also Megan has really jumped in on our walks and our other events uh, that our pedestrian group has been working on. So just want to give a shout out to Megan and say thanks for all she's doing. We are a volunteer-led organization. I don't know if you realize that. Um, and so 
Uh, without the volunteers, the magic wouldn't yeah. happen. How we many have, volunteers do we have? About 200 a month yeah. um, are engaging um, yeah. in different bike walk wow. projects. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that big. Yes, yes. Yeah. We actually have um, a little over 6,000 uh, friends and members, and it's just really taking off, uh, which yeah. is what we're seeing citywide. Right. I mean, biking yeah. and walking are up 80% since 2012, according to the account. So. Um, we're just excited. So thank you, Megan, for all you do. And just also want to wrap up. We mentioned that we were going to hold a contest. Uh, the first episode, if anyone commented or shared it, we entered them in for a drawing. And I wanted to announce that Shelly Rich. Oh, um, Yes, she is the winner of a Congrats. gift certificate. Yes. That um, is good for the whole year of 2020. We have a variety of paid classes and, and different things that she can use that for. So I'll be getting that out to Shelly. Thank you oh, so much for your support, Shelly. Congratulations, Shelly. Yes, and for yeah. those of you that don't know Shelly, she actually runs the Health and Wellness Coalition here mm -hmm. in Wichita, which is a great yeah. partner of ours. And Shelly also um, staffs a breakfast, uh, bike to work day breakfast station. Yes, you guys so are always doing the... Sedgwick County Park. Yes. And uh, we uh, host the breakfast station up there. And we've also, she's also a knitter. So we sit up there and work on our knitting projects yes. and hand out treats. She's super awesome. Yeah. So congratulations uh, to Shelly. Um, again, we have our monthly Bike Walk Wichita meeting on the third Thursday uh, at 5.30 p.m. Uh, we provide all the snacks, BYOB. Uh, it's a great time to catch up on everything that's going on in the city and throughout the different work groups, um, the impact that they're making. And we also always have a virtual link. So if you can't join us in person, uh, you know, you can always join us virtually. Um, Again, comment, let us know what you think about the show, who you want to hear from, who you want us to invite to be on the show. Right. Um, if you have any tips or tricks or topics you want right. to hear about. Meal it's, prep, what's your favorite yeah. quick food to get uh, dinner on the table? I again? would love for people to share their favorite recipe. Yes. Uh, we'll provide some links to some yeah. of our favorites, but we would love to see yours because it's always good to get some. Yeah, so you know. that's at podcast at bikewalkwichita.org. Yes, if you want to give us an email. Or you can find us on Podbean um, and or you can find us on our website at bikewalkwichita.org slash podcast where you will find all the different um, channels where we have this episode posted. Um, extra special thanks to our podcast team and to Zach for joining us in the studio today. We recorded again at the Advanced Learning Library where they have their free and awesome AV studio. So if you get a chance to uh, stop by the library and check it out, it's it's a pretty amazing resource. It is an amazing resource. Yes. Thank you, Christian. Yes, thank you to Christian who's on our production side. And uh, you thank, him you, at all. Yeah, thank you to all of our uh, podcast team volunteers. We'll see you around town. <laughs>